Welcome to the Beef Watch Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we're going to be discussing an article from the April issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled Getting the Most Out of Grazing Cereal Rye and Other Winter Hardy Small Cereals. To discuss this topic, I'm joined today by one of the co-authors, Dr. Mary Janowski, who's a Nebraska Extension Beef Systems Specialist. Thanks for joining me today. Happy to be here, Aaron. Dr. Janowski, we're sitting here in early April and looking forward to, for many folks, the opportunity to use some small grain cereals for grazing this spring, uh, maybe a winter hardy cereal or actually a spring planted cereal. Talk through with us some things to get the most out of these because obviously the value of forage is pretty important this spring as we look at the cost of alternatives. Getting the most out of that really is to our advantage. So help us think through how to do that effectively. Yeah, Aaron, I was out in the field yesterday looking at some cereal rye that we have planted. And I was just thinking, man, grow, please grow. <laughs> because, uh, boy, uh, seeing something green is is uh, is a little bit uh, uh, a light to, to my heart, so to speak. But let's talk about getting the most out of it once it does grow. And there are some things that I think are really important for people to think through when we're talking about grazing. And the number one is managing the maturity. So annuals grow so fast and cereal rye has a bad rap of being low quality. And honestly, it is because it grows so fast. So it can actually be super high quality. Like we can get three and four pound a day gain on growing calves grazing cereal rye if we manage it correctly. And I would say that I have also seen it be a very effective way to graze lactating cows and even get them bred, but it's key that we manage maturity. So let's talk about managing maturity because the way to accomplish it is really to get on it early and have high enough stocking density. So we actually on a podcast Earlier, Doug Steffen talked about this and he actually made the comment about how often, you know, he struggles a little bit with this. Oh, I don't think it's ready. I don't think it's ready. And then, oh man, I it's it's more than ready. I had the same challenge when I first started these um, winter hearty small cereals is that I'd be like, oh, it's close. And then the next time, two days later, I'd be like, man, I should have been out here a week ago because it grows so fast. So um, don't get caught off guard. Uh, I usually tell people to, I want to shoot for starting grazing when it's five inches tall. And I know that there are documents out there that talk about six or, or even eight inches. And honestly, if you shoot for five, I think you're much better off because it does grow so rapidly. The other thing is making sure that you're not letting it get away from you. So I like rotational grazing with these annuals because then I can manage maturity a bit. So I can rotate through and try to stay on top of it. And that means I'm moving mostly to look forward, right? So that none of the forage is getting above about eight to 10 inches. And I either need to add animals to accomplish that, or maybe reduce the number of acres as we get further into the spring. Because once it starts maturing, number one, they don't want to eat it. But number two, the quality is lower. And so if we're talking about lactating cows, we want their plenty of nutrition to be increasing or at a very minimum maintaining. And if they start on high quality forage and then you're moving to more mature 
and you're working into the breeding season, that's like less than ideal. And so I've heard of nightmares where people were breeding on rye. And I think that's usually the case when we start talking, that's what's happened. It got away from them. So you got to be diligent. You got to stay on top of it. And frankly, my opinion is that for the most part, we actually struggle with undergrazing it rather than overgrazing it. If you do happen to get ahead of it and graze it too hard, man, it's resilient and it comes back fast. And I think that's a much better problem than undergrazing it because it's you can't recover from undergrazing it. You mentioned you really think there's a lot of advantage to having a number of pastures or dividing a, a field up into a number of pastures. As you think that through in your mind, what's kind of an optimum number or what's a a target for a number of pastures to rotate through? You know, I honestly think three is fine. Uh, four is wonderful, right? So I think that's kind of, in my mind, three or four works perfect because what you're really doing is you're getting off of one, going on to the next one, that the one you just got off is recovering. And then you have one that is ready uh, sooner than the one you just got off of. So I like three. I think that's ideal. And the other thing, you know, I talked about making sure you're stocking heavy enough. And one of the challenges with figuring out what that stocking rate is, is it does depend, right? It depends on your soil type. It depends on like when you got it planted, because it depends on how much tillering you get. But a good number to start with is about a half a cow an acre or like one stalker an acre. And then you increase from there. So if you get on when it's five inches, so fairly early, you know, it's only going to explode from there. So you either increase number of head, which works really well if you're calving because people just put pears out, um, or you just start decreasing number of acres. So you might have four fields in a rotation or something, and then you pull one out as it gets a little bit later into the spring and then rotate between three. Um, and then you can move to the next crop, right? And in, in that other field. So there's a lot of different ways to put this puzzle together, but ultimately the goal here is to make sure that nothing's getting really mature and that you always have feet in front of your animal. Any other take-homes you think would be good to think through as you think about grazing small winter hardy cereals? Well, one thing we we just talked about providing high mag mineral. And if you're grazing lactating cows, that's extremely important on rye or any other winter hardy small cereals. But there's actually some data from Oklahoma on calves that show that providing uh, some magnesium to growing calves is also valuable because it will increase performance. So I often say, you know, look for at least a 5% magnesium mineral if you're doing a four ounce a day mineral. And I've looked at our tests of wheat, triticale, and cereal rye, and they all come out about the same. They're um, all moderately low in magnesium, but they're also very high in potassium when they're in that vegetative state, which is what we're telling you to shoot for. So providing that magnesium to either group of animals is very important, right? So lactating calves or those growing calves, I think is useful. Well, for more information on the topic that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I would encourage you to visit the beef.unl.edu website. At the website, there are a number of resources on this topic.